He was the tallest, loudest sixth grader that we had. Very charismatic, very, very loud. And I knew that I wanted to teach him because he exuded this um, confidence and charisma and social intelligence and also um, academic intelligence. She's calm and very nice, but don't let that fool you, you feel me? She, when it's time to learn, it's time to learn. She made sure. When Ingrid Chung first taught Kayshawn Brown at a school in the South Bronx, they just clicked. Kay was 12 and in the seventh grade. Miss Chung was starting her second year teaching English. She was just 23 years old. Kay could be a handful, sometimes disruptive in class. But Miss Chung could convince him to behave when other teachers could not. I think what I saw in Kayshawn was the same type of intelligence, rebellious streak, and desire to go against authority that I had as a high school student myself. We both had a a streak of pretension and a streak of arrogance. Um, I was an incredibly arrogant and pretentious young lady. She was the only teacher I didn't have no altercations with, you feel me? There was no real disagreements. There was no verbal anything. Like, we didn't have no altercations. We was just went to class, left class. Other teachers, it was always this and that. Like, I was very verbal, so I would argue a lot. When Kay left Miss Chung's seventh grade class, she couldn't have guessed that within a few short years, he would become one of her most challenging students. As Kay entered high school, everything changed. Miss Chung was now teaching 10th grade, and by the time Kay returned to her classroom as a sophomore, he had lost interest in school. Miss Chung found it hard to reach him. 10th and 11th grade, his attendance was fairly sporadic, and it increased as the number of teachers he disliked increased, or the number of courses he disliked increased. Um, So he would often, if he showed up, come in late, after me incessantly texting him or his mother or calling him multiple times. I wasn't sure if I really wanted to be here in the school or not. Like, yeah. I'd say I was a hoodlum, but you know, I was in tune with other things too. Like, school wasn't just the main thing. I didn't really want to be in school all the time. Kay admits that he was involved in some heavy stuff on the streets, but doesn't want to elaborate further. It was serious enough that Miss Chung worried about his safety. Like many young men of color, uh, when you hit around the age of 13, 14, 15, you start being perceived as an adult on the streets, as a man on the streets. And as a result of that, you sort of have to step up and step into that role, whether or not you want to be that person. Um, A lot of this is for safety reasons and survival reasons. Um, It's for reasons of making sure that you fit in because you still have to go home to the block every night. And because of that, uh, Kayshawn just slipped away from um, school and academic life and more into the street life over time. To me, it was like, what is the point of being here? Like, I used to tell everybody, if you can't tell me a a point of being here, a reason to be here, why am I here? You feel me? There's no reason for you to be here. There should be no reason for you to teach me. Like, I had a lot of thoughts like that. I was just constantly on edge and on lookout to make sure that he was able to do everything that he needed to do, complete all the assignments as needed, stay motivated, stay wanting to come to school even when school wasn't particularly relevant to him at the time. But 10th grade, yeah, I don't I don't say I was, yeah, I don't know where I was at. I wasn't in tune into everything. I was a little bit everywhere. I wasn't really focused on school neither, but 
I know I had to do it, but it's like only because my moms and stuff like that, brothers and Mr. Trump, you feel me? I didn't, I didn't really care. Like, come on. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> Miss Chung tried to hold him together through 10th grade, but things only got worse when he started junior year. Kay didn't like most of his teachers, and it became increasingly difficult to keep him engaged and coming to school. Kay reminded Miss Chung of a student named Devante that she had taught in her first year on the job. Like Kay, he was bright and excited to learn. But the summer after Devante left Miss Chung's classroom, his best friend was killed in a shooting. Devante transferred schools and dropped out. Miss Chung saw Kay as a second chance. Building a relationship with him over time and then watching him slip further and further away from me, away from school, away from academics when he had so much potential and so much capacity for learning and understanding, particularly in the humanities. It was really, really difficult. Kay was drawn to street life, but as high school dragged on, he also became sick and tired of school's demands. The route was like, that was the fuck it. That was, I didn't care, like damn, they stressing me out. It's too much of this, too much of that. Too much of this, too much of that. Too much of this and too much of that. I was really worried for a long time um, that he was gonna drop out. And then my second worry for a very long time, and it wasn't until recently, I would even say, that I stopped worrying about this, was that he was gonna be killed. The chances of that happening as a, as the tall, boisterous, loud, opinionated young man that he is on the street of getting into trouble and being killed as a result of an accident, an argument or anything, was just so much on my mind. And I was constantly worried that someone was gonna call me at night and tell me my kid was dead. As Kay approached graduation, Miss Chung did everything she could to get him through school. She went to most of his parent-teacher conferences and maintained a close relationship with his mother, who was raising five sons on her own. Together, they conspired to keep Kay on track. Miss Chung and other teachers also held what they called study groups for kids who were at risk of dropping out. The sessions were something much more, though, an attempt to connect outside the classroom with struggling students on a deep level. And we would just explore, try new food, talk, check in with each other, and then go our merry ways. Um, they were largely not academic. They were largely just like, let's talk, let's hang out, um, let's eat, let's enjoy like what New York City is. It was no secret to Kay that he hadn't been chosen for good behavior. Basically, the choice of the school's baddest kids, <laughs> you feel me, handpicked by the lovingest teachers. We wasn't the best of kids in school, so for you to treat us a certain way, you feel me, it's, it's, it made us feel nice. They went to restaurants like Dinosaur Barbecue, Red Rooster, and Benihana. The trips were an outlet for Kay, and a tie, if sometimes a tenuous one, to school. That really helped a lot. It was cool, and it obviously kept the, the bonds more with the students, you know. It was beautiful. Even with the extra support in place, Miss Chung still worried about Kay. A lot. Especially when there were metal detector checks at school. And I was so nervous they would find something on him, and as a result, he would be suspended, arrested, and be out of school for months, and then as a result, not, not graduate. Uh, I was nervous because during the senior trip, 
Um, there was some usage of marijuana on the floor that was not him in the building. And and I was nervous that it was going to be him. And then I would have been totally devastated because I literally spent seven months of my life trying to get this kid closer to a high school diploma and convincing him that it mattered. Miss Chung and Kay had an easy rapport, but at times his troublemaking took a toll on their relationship. Miss Chung was often called in to help when Kay had a meltdown with another teacher, like one time when he refused to turn his music down in statistics. He was in room 28B in a stats class, and his stats teacher, Miss Wally, texted me while I was teaching my class that Kayshawn was sitting in the back room um, playing music very, very loudly, probably singing very loudly because he likes to do things like that. And, ju- and she had asked him to stop multiple times and he wouldn't. At that point, I was at my wit's end. I don't know if he had had a series of infractions that made me extra frustrated, but I was pissed. For his part, Kay says music was one of the only things keeping him sane. I did listen to music. That was the only way I really worked at peace. Like, I'm, I'm zooting through this. Like, boom, 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 boom. Especially with music on. It's only right, you know, especially if it's a writing class. Don't bother me. You want me to write this? Let me listen to my music, please, please. I'm storming across the atrium, going to room 28B, which feels like a decade away, and I see him in the back, sprawled out as usual, music blasting as if he is not in a classroom, and he had no care in in the world. So I pull him out of the class. I take him away, far away enough from the classroom, because I was going to be very, I was going to yell at him, and he tends, when he gets yelled at, tends to get very loud back. I'm known in this school, like, I don't hold my tongue. You're getting every word in the dictionary, no ifs, ands, or buts, you feel me? Even the ones that don't exist, you're gonna have those said, and you're gonna hurt your feelings. Out in the hallway, Miss Chung and Kay sparred for a few minutes, but only a few. I remember we had this moment where we lock eyes, we're both super incensed, and he is staring at me, and we both open our mouths super wide because we're both about to say the worst things ever, vile things to each other, and instead of doing that, we both simultaneously close our mouths and storm off to our relative directions. Obviously, I was, I was upset at the time, very, but thinking like, damn, this is Miss Chung, I'm not, you know, let me not even. So I'm like, never mind, I'm going to leave. I'm out of here. I'm gone. Like, all right, poof. I'm sorry, we're not going to do this. We really had a relationship that was special enough to both of us that we didn't want to say anything that would hurt hurt that. Um, And we respected each other enough to know that whatever was going to come out of our mouths next was not going to be nice and was probably not conducive to what we needed in order to be who we are. There were still some ups and downs, and some hand-wringing, right up until the very end. The closer you get to the, the finish line, the scarier it gets, because all of a sudden, there's things that are at stake. There's graduation at stake. At the time, he had decided that he was going to go to college the next year, and so that was at stake. Kay did make it to graduation. I do not, do not think I would have made it without Chung, to be honest with you. There was no doubt in my mind about that. Miss Chung says that Kay taught her about the importance of building trust and the crucial difference that can make in a student's life. She thinks the school might have better helped him, though, had it more explicitly addressed the structural inequities that young Black Americans face. 
Those conversations are now embedded in the school's approach. I think Kay missed out on a lot of the really cool stuff that we do now in terms of talking about status quo, talking about school to prison pipeline, talking about suspension rates, talking about um, the things that would really matter to him about being young, black in America. What does that mean? The graduation ceremony was at Fordham University. Kay walked across the stage, the first in his immediate family to finish high school. For the teen, it was a long overdue moment that he was glad to put behind him. But for Miss Chung, it was much more. Me, I'm just, oh, yeah, I did it. I got it over with. Thank you. Yeah, let me get out of here. Can I enjoy something? Graduation was the culmination of so much joy, so much hard work, um, so much just like victory, right? Because there were, I, I, there were people, there are so many people, society doesn't think like they would be successful. There are adults in the building that didn't think they would be successful. And it was just like our opportunity to be like, let us just celebrate you for being you and graduating and going on to amazing things. And graduation was just the culmination of everything that we do. That wasn't quite the end of the story, though. In college, Kay didn't have a Miss Chung, and he left after his first year. He says he was overwhelmed by the academics. Kay isn't alone. While more and more Americans are graduating from high school every year, only a small fraction is ready for what comes next. For the rest, leaving 12th grade can be the first step in a long uphill battle. About 90% of lower-income first-generation students don't graduate from college within six years. In spite of his struggles, Kay hopes to go back. Miss Chung remains at the same school where she's an assistant principal and continues to teach English. She and Kay are still close. This podcast was created by The Teacher Project, an education reporting fellowship at Columbia Journalism School. It was produced by Mallory Falk with assistance from Stephen Smiley and Nick Kirsch. Thanks to Sarah Carr and to Matt Thompson and Aaliyah Wong at The Atlantic for their editorial support. And a special thanks to Ingrid Chung and Kayshawn Brown for sharing their stories with us.